0: Down the Sidelines And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers You may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast It's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndor Welcome back to the Gridiron I'm Peter And I'm Joel And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world
1: We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 52nd episode of the podcast on December 20th, 2013.
0: We're getting near the end of the year. We're actually taking next week off because of the holidays. We're wishing you a Merry Christmas and the happiest of holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, But wow, you know, next week, that means we're missing week 17 of the NFL season. Yeah, We're missing a lot of the bowl games. So that's why this week we're covering those as well as another story that's here in the red zone which we'll we'll cover soon joel what are your holiday plans looking like
1: um well i i think that uh um i think i'm gonna be able to meet up with you know both sides of the family mom's side dad's side go go out for a nice uh we went to this place for brunch called heston farms it's like uh they make their own moonshine there oh and it's just exact really exact. really yeah really good food and uh, so we'll probably go there for mom's side and then for uh, dad's side there was uh this uh, nice restaurant that we ate at closer to where my sister lives in Virginia and uh and you know my like my my youngest sister is in from Colorado so she I've got to spend the week with her this That's it's nice, been pretty man. nice and uh like later I let's see. Leading up till Christmas, and then after Christmas, I'll get to see the rest of my sis- sisters and uh, my nieces, of course. Um, but they, of course, they got to stay home for their Christmas morning, because I mean that's that's a special thing when you're younger. So yeah, yeah.
0: Now it's nice for me to be off of work now until after the New Year, going out east to Delaware for mom's side of the family. So I don't know how much you know sports I'll be able to watch or keep tabs on, but it will be nice to do. And then we also have the Show Me Your News Game of the Year Awards. And so all parts of the Show Me Your News network will be represented there and even down the sidelines here. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. That's a week pro- off and then you just ratchet it up and just go full speed. Yeah, yeah. It's going uh, <laughs> to be full speed ahead. You're absolutely right. And that's looking to be early December. or Sorry, not December. <laughs> early January. <laughs> first week of January. So keep an eye out for that over at ShowMeYourNews.com. Mm-hmm. So last week we were talking about the Mac Brown resignation and they uh, uh Texas has not found a replacement coach yet. They're they're bringing in all kinds of people
1: to it's a like big their job. search committee is like huge. I mean it's it's crazy. It's a a lot of, you know, it's one of those big schools so they have, you know, big name donors who donate ridiculous amounts of money and they
0: feel like they need to be involved in the process too because
1: they're investing a lot of money in the program. They've
0: got their own TV network too. I mean, yeah. It's a really big gig, and it's interesting that one of the names that's coming up is Jimbo Fisher, coach yeah. of Florida State. I don't know why you'd want to leave that gig where you're at right now. Well, you're yeah, getting, you're getting the best recruiting classes in the country. The ACC is relatively weak, so you're in a good position for when you're doing the uh, the playoff system.
1: Yeah, it's in the coming years. I, th- there, there was was there was a rumor earlier this week where someone was talking about uh, um, oh, they had to specify that uh, what's his name, uh, Northwestern's coach was just visiting for practice. He wasn't there to oh, do Pat an interview, still, yeah, um, because I think there's a lot of people that think that would be a good hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, but I I just think that he's probably
0: happy where he is right now, and it's the same thing locally. They're saying the same thing about Mark Dantonio and what he's done yeah. at Michigan State. Uh, but you know, he's probably would be staying as well. And I think you know the other issue is the uh, the Big Ten connections. Mm-hmm. Not so much as far as recruiting down south. Yeah, uh, it's, it's different. Him.
1: You you recruit different areas. I mean, well, you know, we're all gonna say, of course, Texas is a hotbed for lots of teams to recruit Certainly. but just like florida but it's uh you know i i think that if you have background in that area that's why I, it's you always look for guys with connections right now one that stands out that i i just don't think they're going to go for is will must yeah <laughs> um i think that's one of those hires
0: that like a few years ago that probably would have been really good hires <laughs> a lot of people but I think you will get another year at Florida but very <laughs> hot seat there. Oh boy. and uh yeah not taking any risks at other schools. No, it's a very interesting situation uh once, you know, Saban confirmed his extension at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from Nick Saban? Like it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that develops and so I mean it's it, and and we know it's not a question of money because they'll
1: they'll spend whatever they need to spend to to get whoever they want, but it's it's trying to convince somebody that's already got a program established somewhere to come there, which is, I think, what they, they want to do, because they want to get the best possible person.
0: Yeah. No, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And then also the college football uh, bowl schedule. It's also confirmed. Uh, another thing that happened that had been kind of floating around in headlines, and it, because it was more or less a foregone conclusion, was yeah. uh, Jameis Winston, the Florida State quarterback, did win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, a foregone conclusion. He was the best candidate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember seeing how much of a landslide it was, but when you had the six people coming to New York, and they were all more or less going to be fighting out for second place, and I don't even remember seeing who got second. I would guess A.J. McCarron.
1: Um, yeah I think, yeah, I think so,
0: but yeah, I mean that was you know probably one of the least closest Heisman trophies. It was almost yeah, you know, a formality, just for on yeah, so
1: I mean,
0: I mean, it's almost
1: uh I think people were probably more interested in in trying to predict who's going to win it next year than who is going to win it this year because we pretty much all knew
0: right,, uh, but then you do have the history of those heisman trophy winners when they do compete in the bcs national championship game the record is less than stellar it's probably something like four and eight
1: yeah
0: uh so we'll see and how they, that they, they,
1: he definitely they definitely need him to perform well because uh he makes that offense go and yeah. you know auburn's gonna be scoring points
0: certainly will be well, starting in the red zone with our three biggest sports stories of the week, we're going to start with the NBA. And Kobe Bryant had just come back a couple of weeks ago from his uh, Achilles injury, mm-hmm. where he healed remarkably quickly over in Germany. And it seems to be the thing to do, go overseas and get your injuries healed up rather quickly. Except he comes back, and a couple of days ago, he has a fracture in his left knee. Ugh. I mean... <sighs> That's just bad luck, and it, it's you know it's a sign of age. He is thirty-five. He is you know feeling very confident that he'll return in about six weeks' time. You know, sending out a tweet that says hashtag broken not beaten, uh, which is all fine and good for public perception and all. Mm-hmm. But you have to worry. I mean, he has played NBA basketball since he's eighteen. Yeah, he's definitely tread on those tires, or a lessening of the tread on the tires um so our make the play question here is you know we can obviously you know, speculate about how the Lakers will do with him or without him but you know will Kobe play next season I know he's got the couple year extension uh you know a couple year contract this year and next year for what twenty four million dollars a pop but if he keeps getting injured i mean what's what's gonna you know keep him from playing well i mean you gotta think you know first off he
1: he's you know as as he's getting older and everything he's still very much one of the big names in the nba like if if he's if something's happening with him everybody's paying attention to it and um i, I don't know i i feel like you he, it seems that he still has that drive that that i mean you know basically helped the lakers win lots of championships because he you know even as he's gotten older he's you know he's surrounded by athletes that are you know probably superior to him now and he's still able to play at high levels around them and at least make the lakers compete sometimes when they've had some pretty bad teams at least in the past couple years um but I think, you know, it is It is one of those things where he keeps getting injured and, you know, how much, you know, how much is it worth it to, to keep playing? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, of course, we, we all want to see him keep playing because, you know, as we were growing up, he, you know, he was like, he was kind of like our a Jordan-like figure, you know, I mean, he, he became one of those guys who, you know, knocks down clutch shots. He just, he's not, there's games where he just does not miss. And um, really, I think it's, I think really it's his competitive nature that makes him as good as he is because there's a lot of guys who are probably even more physically gifted than he is, but he just has that kind of drive, that competitive nature that, a lot like you just don't see as much anymore um and i don't know i i'd say that you know you probably like i'd have to say right now i'd say yes you'll see him play Mm -hmm. i just don't know how much especially if it's if you know you have first of all you have nagging injuries that keep reoccurring but when you get injured on top of that it kind of just complicates things even more
0: yeah, I can totally see next year being kind of like a swan song season. Just like, you know, people paying tribute to him. You yeah, because you're absolutely right, you know, for people like us who are in our mid 20s, I know when I started paying attention to sports, it was around 1995, 1996. Are mm-hmm. like, you know, my earliest, you know, sports moments that I remember seeing and paying attention to. And you know, that's getting near the end of Michael Jordan's career. Yeah. You know, the last few seasons. So you obviously remember that, but once you really start getting into it, you know, the early two thousands, that's you know, LA Akers Lakers, you know, the three Pete. Yeah. The LA Lakers what am I talking <laughs> about? The you know, and that's that's start of Kobe Bryant's career. So he's absolutely been a Jordan like figure, someone who's you know defined basketball and he does have a competitive spirit. You know, so it's when he is making those tweets, it is his you know, competitive fire inside that is you know, wanting him to you know come back and be stronger than ever. It's remarkable in the first place that he was able to come back in this you know, span of time from an Achilles injury. Yeah, which you know that like MCLs and ACLs and all that it should take about a year. Uh, which then also makes you think about you know Derrick Rose, who recently, you know, went down again mm-hmm. after waiting so long to come back and be 100% his other knee goes pop. Uh, that's just that's awful luck for the Chicago Bulls. But. You know, will he play next season? Yeah, I think so, but it, I think it'll be in a more, a uh, little bit of a resigned role. And yeah. he hasn't even been that effective, statistics yeah. wise, when he's come back. And the Lakers have not been as successful winning with him. There, there's like there's tons of examples of really
1: great athletes retiring probably earlier than than you would expect them to
0: mm-hmm. um, well,
1: they don't want to go through that yeah i mean you know barry sanders is a really good example yeah I, that i always go to when i when i think of athletes that are you know kind of getting past their prime at least for the sport they play you know some sports you can play longer you, you know that that works but the, especially the way that he plays that in in, in that position it's just it's probably getting to you know it's really hard in his yeah, you you add injuries to it, and it's just going to make it that much more difficult.
0: I I don't know. Um, and strangely, he was playing point guard for this time being because mm-hmm. you had uh, you had Steve Nash who's recovering from an injury, and right now uh, Xavier Henry, the former Kansas star, looks to be the replacement point guard for the Lakers, mm-hmm. who aren't looking to be in a good position. Uh, probably in danger of missing the playoffs again this season. You know, we're half not even halfway through the season, but mm-hmm. You know, getting to that point, and it's not looking promising for that team. Yeah,
1: they've had lots of injuries over the past, like,
0: five years, you could say. And then, you know, conflicts with Pau Gasol and, you know, Mark Mm D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Mark (laughs) D'Antonio, Mike D'Antoni. Oh, my goodness. I'm just not in the right mind frame today. Uh, Don't worry. After I watched them play Ohio State, they were on
1: my mind all (laughs) the (laughs)
0: time. That's true. Well, so we both think that you know, he'll play, but you know, next year at the end of his contract might just be a, a farewell kind of tour, yeah, uh, for for a legendary player, which I, I think would
1: be fine. Like I, I, a lot of people don't like it when they think you know people can keep going and everything, but with the with the injuries he's had, it's actually kind of shocking that he's still playing. Mm, I think, yeah. um, and it, it, you know, I'm sure that whenever that day comes that he does decide to retire, everybody's going to, whatever they feel, everybody's going to like, you know, honor him. Yeah. Is he's, he's one of the better basketballs that's ever played. best player that's ever played. So
0: I don't know if it also necessarily be to the Mariano Rivera of, you know, this season kind of level with all of the different gifts (laughs) and whatnot, but we'll see (laughs) when that comes next season. Uh, the 10 yard line, what do we have Joel? Um, well, As we talked about last week, uh, they announced the bowl
1: games. And, um, you know, since we're going to be taking next week off, we thought we'd go through most of these bowl games and uh, just give our thoughts, you know, like what we think, if there's anything that kind of stands out to us, um, you know, and then just do a quick kind of look at both teams and say, yeah, this team's going to win. So, you want to start? Let's see, we start off with uh, the first game is Washington State against Colorado State, and it is the. Let's see what bowl game it's is the this? Gildan New Mexico. Gildan
0: bowl. New Mexico Bowl. Ooh, who cares?
1: <laughs> well, um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Washington State. Um, I'm a little more familiar with Mike Gundy, and um, I was like, wait, who's there?
0: It's Mike Leach. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mike, Mike Gundy Leech. is still at Oklahoma State. Yeah,
1: Mike Leach. Um, I you know they they had a much better defense this year, and um, I just think that they probably have better recruits on their team. Um, and you know, you know he's gonna throw the ball around a lot, and I'm just not. I have not really watch as much Colorado State to know about them, so I think I'd go with Washington State.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um. You know, just I think the better competition has helped that team. And you know they've come a long way, the Cougars, mm-hmm. from being the 0-12 team that they were. So I, I agree with you. But at the same time, some of these bowls, when you get to the level where you're accepting six win teams in the bowl games, I think you've delineated a bit too far. <laughs> and so I think that's the case with this one. Though the next one, Fresno State and USC, you've got two top 25 teams in the yeah. Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl and my goodness, these sponsors are also just adds <laughs> to the insanity of these bowl games. I'm sorry. Two teams that you would
1: that you know you could say both would rather be different bowl games, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fresno State lost that heartbreaker to San Jose State, and you know that threatened their BCS chances. So I, I think you can like their chances as well, mm-hmm. uh, and also usc with the coaching change i don't know if this is enough time third
1: head coach this year
0: i don't think that this is enough time to get them prepared for a bowl game against this quality kind of opponent so i think as far as the preparation goes i think i like fresno state in this one
1: yeah i don't think that usc's defense is good enough to slow down fresno state Um, it's better than it's been in years past for sure yeah i just i i just think that there's I mean, with the one kid, the receiver for Fresno State, I believe he's only a sophomore, and he's just such a like, – he's probably one of the better receivers there is this year. Well, and their, their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but to you, you combine them together, and that's just a matchup that I, I really don't think USC has an answer for at all. Um, and I think Fresno State will still be up to play. I don't think USC's – Unless unless the players are going to like play for their future or there are NFL guys on that team that are trying to impress people, I don't really think they're going to be focused. I mean, it's
0: it's your third coach of the year. It's it, it's expected to be hard, I think. Right. Uh, these next couple of games, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. There's a potato bowl? <laughs> yeah, That's I'm going to name, name a bowl after a fruit or vegetable. And it's it's called the Radish Bowl. <laughs> what, what the heck is this? I mean, some of these, you know, Buffalo, San Diego State. Again, it's I'm, there's no one really interested there. New Orleans Bowl, the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Mm-hmm. Tulane and Louisiana, Lafayette, and we pointed that out last week when we were talking about the the initial bowl setups. Yeah. I, I found that interesting because I was going to down in, to New Orleans and I you know, stopped by the Superdome. I got a Saints hat. Mm-hmm. So that was that was fun. But I mean, you saw that advertised down there. You saw the Sugar Bowl, which we'll talk about because that's also. I mean,
1: they versus, they, so. they definitely should sell a lot of tickets. I mean, that as far as that's very local. Yeah,
0: that's a good idea. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you two lanes right there in yeah. New Orleans, so uh, that'll be interesting. Again, Ohio East Carolina, not the most interesting matchup. Let's uh. talk uh, on Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, that was for uh, Ohio East Carolina. We got to say it's the. Beefo Brady's Bowl, yeah, and, and
1: East Carolina is one of those those teams. I think there were like three or four of them that almost beat Virginia Tech this year that should have beat Virginia
0: Tech this year. Well, they
1: had
0: beaten, no. That was James Madison. No, I, I think East Carolina might have beat East Virginia Carolina. Past, um, I the think they year.
1: beat like um, I want to say they beat like three ACC teams this year or something. Like they had a lot of them on their schedule for some reason.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Christmas Eve, it's Boise State and Oregon State in the Sheraton Hawaii Bowl. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. what to do with, this? without without their coach? Without Chris Peterson. So yeah, I think because of that and like the edge to Oregon State.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as records go, we're not used to seeing Boise State at like eight and four. Mm. We're used to seeing them at like at least ten and two at this yeah. point of the season.
0: But um, I think with you know their coach leaving, like you're gonna start to see like the recruiting kind of dipped back into mediocrity. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, he was a very good coach. It was it was pretty, you know, interesting that they were able to keep him there that long, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think that, you know, earlier in the season there were rumors about him kind of wanting to change places and you see right away as soon as a job opens, that he's gone. Well, that would be right, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh I don't know. I think if they had Chris Peterson, I definitely would pick him. Um because he's just he's a very good at coaching adjust, adjustments all the giant BCS games that he's been in and uh but you know, Oregon State uh especially based on their last game, how they played say, against yeah. Oregon was nobody expected that. Nobody expected that of a team that Lost to a um, lower division team at the beginning of the year, but they they have a good quarterback. So Sean Mannion's really good, um, and I think that they'll be able to generate enough offense to beat Boise State.
0: I agree. I mean, you could say that was a rivalry game, you know, mm-hmm. with the Civil War with Oregon, and yeah. that, you know they could have played up for that. But I think that does you know kind of give a little more motivation and kind of credence to the fact that they can play. And Oregon well,
1: State played a tougher schedule than they did. I, I mean, clearly.
0: Yeah, the Pac-12 was, was quite good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Little Caesars Bowl, Pizza Pizza, uh, it's Pittsburgh and Bowling Green. That's uh, in Detroit, actually, at Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, think think Bowling Green kind of gets an edge there. Uh, showed very well against Northern Illinois, who uh, plays Utah State the same day in the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Like, goodness, that's a mouthful. You can't make this stuff up. I'm serious. It's ridiculous. It's like eight words for... (laughs) So, I I mean, I like the MAC teams in that one. I mean, I think Northern Illinois, uh, you know, with Jordan Lynch, their quarterback, who was a Heisman candidate, I I think that was just a big, you know, kind of misstep. In the MAC Championship game, I don't think it's a an indication of you know future games to come. They are a very good team. Mm-hmm. You know, they really had a chance at a BCS berth there. And Bowling Green for beating them in the way that they did, you know, putting up 42 points, I think it was. Yeah. Um, though Pittsburgh does have the defensive lineman who won just oh, all of he's very the, very good. Just won all um, of the lineman awards. Yeah. And was.
1: and their their offense. Donald
0: Allen, I think, is the name. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
1: Their offense has looked really. Good. I think he's, you know, yeah, he's definitely clearly the best defensive player this year. Mm. Um, but but uh, just Bowling Green's, really, Bowling Green's win over Northern Illinois is probably the most impressed I've been with the team this year. Yeah. <laughs> the way things have just gone. Um, Came out of nowhere, to, to, yeah. sh- to shut down such a dynamic player like that, I mean, he really wasn't able to do anything in that game. And, I mean, even... They played defense better against him than Florida State did against him last year when they played Mm. in the BCS game. So I think that, you know, they have a really good defense. I think it's going to be good enough to shut down Pittsburgh. And as long as they can, you know, stay away from that defensive lineman, run away from him and stuff, I think they'll be able to take care of Pittsburgh. Um, Utah State, interesting, actually has, I want to say, the best rush defense in the nation. Mm-hmm. It, it, better than Michigan State, better than wow. Florida State, better than um, Stanford. All those teams. Um, but I just, you know, I think that he's going to, I think that, you know, clearly the best player is on the other team. You and he's going maker. to come out and make up for that game. Because mm. he wants to go out and show people how good he is. And I, I think the, the whole team kind of wants to redeem themselves for what happened that last game because it
0: it just was over so fast. It... Yeah, that was, that was disappointing for them. Mm. Uh, on the 27th, you have a few games. You have the Military Bowl presented by Northrop Grumman. Hmm. Northrop Grumman, where all the players get a PlayStation 4 for free. That's... College athletes, everybody. Marshall That's and Maryland. It. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's a matchup that we don't seem to care for. The Texas Bowl is Syracuse and Minnesota. And then the Fight Hunger Bowl is BYU and Washington. Hmm. Uh, i get Washington without Steve Sarkisian. You know, BYU with you know, good defense and offense.
1: Yeah. You could, you could say, though, that it's like a a coaching upgrade there at Washington. That's true. You are getting Chris. I, I, I honestly think they made out really well considering
0: that USC decided to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right. Um Washington was, you know, starting to be on the up and up a little bit. So yeah. I think that'll only help their program.
1: There's there's lots of offensive talent there. I think that I think there's probably more more talent on that team than Chris Peterson is even used to having. Um you know, he recruits well, but he usually isn't able to get he has to develop players. He usually doesn't get guys who are four or five stars right away. Um and so that that'll be interesting to see, especially I think, you know, Win that game heading into next year, Washington could be, you know, one of the top three teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. I, I honestly think that he can come in and make an impact right away. Um, you know, BYU played a lot of teams close this year. Um, but I just think that there's more talent on that Washington team than, than you know, even BYU's defense, which has looked really good sometimes this year, will be able to handle
0: Michigan and Kansas State play in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl on the 28th, as well as Rutgers and Notre Dame in the Pinstripe, to the the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. That's the one that takes place at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Belk Bowl is Cincinnati and North Carolina, and then the Russell Athletic Bowl is Miami against Louisville. And I think Ford that's the those. most
1: the Belk Bowl commercials.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen those. <laughs>
1: those are those are always interesting
0: because it's for Belk. <laughs> Bulk, bulk, bulk. It's just
1: things that you wouldn't expect to see during probably the audiences that they are try, trying to advertise towards.
0: Right. No, I think Miami and Louisville in the Russell Athletic Bowl is probably the the most interesting matchup there. I mean, these are two teams that we thought would you know, be doing much better at yeah. the beginning of the year, and that they kind of slipped with you know inopportune losses. Louisville, especially when you know they lose out in Central Florida. Mm. Gets the, the BCS bowl over them with Teddy Bridgewater, expected to be the number one pick at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very interesting. And then Lew- uh, Miami just had a few losses that you know, just did not, you know, kind of keep up with their expectations for this year. Though, you know, as a Michigan alum, mm-hmm. uh, I, I much as I would like to watch that bowl game, when it starts at ten fifteen Eastern, <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. But go I, blue. I, think, I honestly think both those
1: games would be really good, like competitive games. Um, I I think that I think Miami's defense is a good matchup for what Louisville likes to do, throwing the ball over the place, and because uh, I think their secondary is their strength. And then, um, it I mean L- Louisville's better stopping the run. And Miami's better running the ball. Uh, and then. I actually think I'll take Miami in that one if, if I had to mm-hmm. pick. And then, um, you know, Kansas State, had to, they use that, like, multiple quarterback system, so you don't really know who you're going to get. You have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Um, it, you know, if if Michigan's, especially the way they play against Ohio State, is any indication, you should expect them to kind of come out and play better offensively than at least we saw most of the season. Mm-hmm. Um so I I I don't know. I I think that game could be close. I think it kind of just depends on how, I think cuz they go as Denard Robert goes kind of.
0: And yeah, Devin Gardner? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, we always the De- that Denard Robinson could be back in Michigan, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: but I I think it could be a, a good
0: game. As late as it starts. As late as it starts, indeed. Uh, December 30th, the Middle Tennessee and Navy in the Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Oregon Mm -hmm. and Texas in the Valero Alamo Bowl. And Arizona State and Texas Tech in the National University Holiday Bowl. Uh, The last two there, you know, not as close matchups as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Oregon and Texas and Arizona State and Texas Tech but definitely the two most interesting games that day yeah
1: I, I think uh, like I don't know I, I think Texas Tech has kind of just been on a downfall ever since mm-hmm. the beginning of the year I really don't know how they'll be able to keep scoring with Arizona State yeah that and that Arizona
0: game. State a very good offense and they just ran into a really tough for team yeah I, I mean
1: that's the thing. They they played a really good team, so I, I I would really hold that against them. Most of their losses, you know, besides the Notre Dame one, the, the two losses to Stanford, I believe, those were the two losses. Yep. Um, and
0: uh, Oregon, I mean, just or Oregon, I think, is going to roll against. Yeah, Texas. I
1: think that they're going to play better than they have been, and I, you know, I I, I really don't think playing against Baylor is going to help them Mm -hmm. like because they both run you know really high tempo offenses so you'd think it at least prepare them a little bit but it's completely different styles and Oregon is going to try and run the ball that's really been Oregon's trouble all year there's a few games this year where they just did not run the ball they had to rely more on the pass and you know it's I think that their quarterback, you know, maybe next year or something, would be able to handle that. But he's he's still, you know, growing up. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. not. Uh, I don't know. I think I I don't really think Texas is gonna be able to do much, especially considering we don't know. I don't even know who their interim
0: coach is. I don't right. <laughs> yeah. Good for Marcus Mariota for coming back to school for another year. That's the right choice, I think. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I don't think he's ready for the NFL. Uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. Arizona and Boston College in the Advocare V100 Bowl. <laughs> mm. um. Virginia Tech and UCLA in the Hyundai Sun Bowl. Rice and Mississippi State in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And Duke and Texas A&M in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Not the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, but just the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Uh, not what it used to be. Duke and Texas a and I think, the big match up there. Uh, you have know, Duke, who is you know, definitely... It, very surprising team with how they are doing this year. Um, mm. Coach Cutcliffe there, you know, really having these guys play up to you know, above their expectations. And Duke football, we've never really ever talked about. But competing against Johnny Manziel, they're really close, you know, ranked together. Uh, yeah. That should be a really good game to watch.
1: Yeah, well, in the uh, Advocare uh, V100 Bowl, two of the better running backs in the yes. country in that game. Um so, if you like to watch really good running backs, I would watch that game because neither team's defense is very good. So, it it should be a see-who-can-get-to-200 first kind of game. Yeah,
0: in that V100 goal. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I think UCLA is probably going to be
1: a heavy favorite over Virginia Tech. Um mm-hmm. Because that I I think that they just uh, they ran into the better teams in their conference and just it wasn't even close. But I think that they're much better than a lot of the other teams in the it pack. Seems like Virginia Tech
0: just kind of slid into this one just because yeah, of how they, well their fan base again, travels. Again, I think
1: there's three wins on their schedule that shouldn't be there. Um, they they really kind of just sneaked it out at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rice had a really good year. I mean, they
0: did. What did you say? They did. Uh, Missing well, state talent.
1: Yeah, it it's still going to be a really tough game, I think. Um, you know, because half of Mississippi, you know, half of Mississippi State's losses are against like top ten teams. So uh, I don't know. It, it, I think that's always interesting to see. Just you know, because you can compare the schedules and be like, ah, oh, well, you know, whatever. But I, there's still a lot of talent on Rice's team, um, and uh, you know, I think Duke's defense. Um, You know clearly what kept them in the game early against Florida State yeah, yeah. Um, And I think what you know won them a lot of games this year Um, kind of the offense is just You know kind of patchwork as far as I think I'm pretty sure these two quarterbacks Um, And then Texas A&M It's pretty much all been about that defense not being able to stop anybody Yeah,
0: making, I think watch out for a Duke upset there.
1: Yeah, I I think if unless Johnny Manziel can make lots of his, you know, plays where he just runs around and people miss tackles and stuff, it's going to be really hard for them to win that game. Duke's
0: a lot better than people think. Florida State's just really good. (laughs) You have your New Year's Day bowls, which have generally been a staple there. The Tax Taxlayer.com Gator Bowl is Nebraska at Georgia. Not at Georgia. Versus Georgia. Nebraska and Georgia in the Gator Bowl. UNLV in North Texas in the <clears throat> Heart of Dallas Bowl presented by Plains <laughs> Capital Bank. You talking about corporate sponsorship? No, not at all. Never. Iowa and LSU in the Outback Bowl. Wisconsin and South Carolina in the Capital One Bowl. The Rose Bowl game presented by Vizio is Stanford and Michigan State. And then Central Florida and Baylor in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. So you have two... Of the big BCS games there. Uh, Stanford and Michigan State, that's the big headliner. Uh, as far as demand for the tickets there, not only is it the 100th Rose Bowl game, mm-hmm. but tickets on StubHub have been about $1,200 per person for reasonable seats. Yeah. And that's pretty crazy. Most of you have the desperation of Michigan State fans. It's the first Rose Bowl game for that team in 25 years. So you have a lot of people very excited for that. But two very you know physical, hard-nosed teams. Defense first. Line game first. Uh, that'll be probably one of the more fun bowl games to watch, at least on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely look forward to that. I think I'd like to give the edge to Michigan State there. I know Stanford plays well on the lines on, on both sides, but the way that Michigan State dealt with Ohio State, I don't know if you have you know similar kind of competition. Mm-hmm. Stanford did have the win against Oregon, but they were very close to blowing it there at the end. Yeah. If you remember watching that game. Uh, UCF and Baylor, I don't know if UCF's ready for that offense of Baylor. Uh, so mm-hmm. watch out there. If there's any you know Big Ten SEC matchup between the two, uh, the Outback Bowl and the Capital One Bowl, watch out for an Iowa upset over LSU. Mm-hmm. You have the defense of Iowa who you know, could cause trouble for the Tigers there. And uh, Wisconsin-LSU will be a fun game. To watch, yeah. you know, possibly Jadavian Clowney's last at South Carolina. you got to think it's his last. Uh, you don't want him getting injured and risking his draft status even more. Mm-hmm. Some good games, though. On, uh, oh, this no, Tuesday yeah. Slate.
1: Like, um, you know, Nebraska-Georgia looks kind of like a shootout. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just based on how the offenses have kind of carried the teams this year. Um, you got to think that Georgia's going to be a lot more healthy for that game. Probably healthier than they've been since halfway through the year. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be the difference in that game. I think, you know, you get, you you get what? Will they have both the running backs back? I can't even remember. Probably, you got enough yeah. time. Um, get, you know, be able if they can, you know, get those wide receivers. The because those are the ones who kind of at least make that team go to another level. Aaron Murray does a lot by himself. <laughs> He did a lot by himself this year. He almost beat Auburn by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I like Georgia over Nebraska. I think uh, let's see. I think that's I'll take North Texas over UNLV because I I just really haven't watched either team. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, th- that LSU Iowa game is going to be interesting. I think I don't think a lot of people are going to give Iowa a chance in that one but i think i think i want to say lsu is a little bit overrated <laughs> mm. um i think they're kind of just in that spot because of where they started off um and then they just they didn't drop them much because a lot of their losses were ranked teams uh defense clearly not as good as it usually is um the wisconsin uh i i i honestly think this is one of those games where you know, South Carolina will probably be like a huge favorite to start the game, but I don't know. It just seems like every so often, as soon as South Carolina gets a lot of hype or they get, you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, they still had a chance of making a BCS game. Um,
0: that's right. Yeah. But
1: I, I think that Wisconsin will give them a really hard game. Like um, probably more than people would expect, um, which is that's good. You need that kind of thing to happen. Because uh, in the past, the the big the Big Ten has had such trouble with SEC schools. Um, I, usually, it's just speed differences, that kind of thing. Um, and then the uh, Stanford Michigan State game. I mean, it's it's hard not to to pick Michigan State after what they did. I I think Stanford has kind of maintained a certain level as the years gone on. Michigan State has developed into a very good overall team. They were always good on defense. Well,
0: they're but, great on defense, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, really, what what made what beat Ohio State is the fact that they were able to, you know, go up and down the field against them, especially early in that game, and then, you know, and especially in the third quarter, um, whenever Ohio State was coming back, they just completely shut them down. I mean. Uh, they couldn't, Ohio State could not do anything near the end of the game. And it, it, I think it's just great adjustments. I think it's going to be the same kind of thing. I think maybe the first half will be really close, but Michigan State just makes better adjustments. Um, Baylor, I, I just, you know, UCF has had a really good year and everything, but I just don't know if they can score with them. And I think the problem will be, they're not like every other Big 12 team that sees Baylor every year Right. That kind of figures out ways to deal with their offense When, when Baylor plays teams that don't doesn't usually play them. That's when they just have a field day
0: mm-hmm. I mean
1: it they're just throwing touchdowns all over the place and Baylor's had a lot of injuries this year um, their best receiver isn't even playing and uh I think by that time that that game happens, they'll at least have all their running backs back for the rest of the year. And really their running game is what's made them good Mm -hmm. this year, I think. That's kind of what's made them unstoppable at points. So I think they'll probably be able to pull away in that game, definitely by the second half. Um,
0: Yeah. Thank you, Baylor, for validating my risky Big 12 preseason pick. I appreciate it. Uh, on January second, <laughs> the All State Sugar Bowl. It's Oklahoma and Alabama. I think you gotta take Alabama in this one. I literally I'm, well, arguably one of the best teams in the country still. You know, <laughs> they had played a really bad game and still lost in a fluke play to Auburn. And I think with all of this, and you know, with Nick Saban back and confirmed and all that, I think they really gear up and just put a beating to Oklahoma, who honestly just slid into a BCS. Speaking bowl. of fluke
1: plays, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. They
1: basically beat Oklahoma State on fluke plays, on trick plays, on, I mean, really, like I said, at the end of the game, Oklahoma State scored what could have been the winning touchdown too fast and left Oklahoma enough time on the clock. If they had slowed down, they probably would have won the game. So uh, everything went Oklahoma's way. And and that it was, I don't know, it definitely kind of, I actually didn't think that they'd, in a BCS game,
0: yeah, I mean, I think they really just you know backed into one, and it was yeah. you know Fresno State losing, but most importantly, Northern Illinois losing yeah. in MAC championship game that really opened up the door for a second Big Twelve because team. Really, the only way yeah. I
1: thought that was going to happen is if it was Oklahoma
0: State and Baylor. Yeah, yep, yeah. no, absolutely. Uh, I think if you're talking about any locks, I think personally, I think Alabama is a lock against Oklahoma. I think that team is going to come ready. With Saban kind preparing that team, <laughs> some, you know, just vengeance after the way they lost that game. I think I'd take them to Pound Town.
1: And then <laughs> I really be... do. Here's the thing: if if you're an Alabama fan, do you root for Auburn to win, or do you not? Mm-hmm. Bigger
0: rival. Right That's one the one thing. The I always. Figured,
1: I thought if if your rival was ever at a chance to win something, you always root against them. Regardless of what it does for your
0: conference. Some people have differing opinions on that. I would not root for Ohio State for anything. And even though some people would say, Oh, Big Ten. But.
1: I don't know. It just like, I don't know how you can. That just feels
0: wrong. Feels wrong. (laughs) That's not right. That's not right. (laughs) January 3rd. The last uh, day we'll be covering here. Uh, Oklahoma State and Missouri and the Cotton Bowl. The AT&T Cotton Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hmm, that's going to be a good game. I like Missouri. I still think they're a really good team. You know, in the SEC and just ran into a very good rushing attack with Auburn, yeah. uh, Oklahoma State coming off. It's going to be a really close game. Uh, you got to like that matchup. Oh no, yeah. This is like a pseudo
1: BCS game if I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I'm I'd say much more than the other one. Yeah, <laughs> next to it, but. Uh, Two really good teams, you know, former Big 12 used to play against each other all the time. Um, you know, Missouri clearly, I still think, offensively played their best game the last game. Um, they just the were awful on
0: defense. No.
1: Um, and that, I mean, that's what, after you watch that game, you got to wonder, like, Oklahoma State's what have they done to get better this year? They run the ball, and uh, I mean, Missouri just got gashed
0: by Auburn. Like they got to fix that up. Yeah, so
1: many yards. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can they can do better at stopping the run because that you know Oklahoma State's gonna come out, watch that tape, and they're just gonna try and run it at them every time. Um, I I think it's gonna be really close. Mm-hmm. I think this will probably be, you know, a closer game than any of the BCS games will
0: probably be. I agree with you. Yeah. As far as Clemson and Ohio State and Discover Orange Bowl, I'll take the Buckeyes. Uh, I think that they just have more talent. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde have been playing better than Taj Boyd. Yeah. And, uh, is this, oh, gosh, who's the receiver? Um... I'm blanking on his name. DeAndre God. Hopkins is in the NFL. I can't uh, remember his name. Before. That guy, that that receiver, fast, yes, fast who's guy. Very, oh my goodness! Now I gotta look this up. But <laughs> I, I like the way their offensive weapons, and, and then Ohio State's defense. I'll, yeah. I'll take over over Clemson. Um, I mean, you could almost
1: I really you could almost say both teams are kind of the same as in, you know, when they played the better teams in their schedule, they kind of Sammy showed, Watkins kind of showed who they, who they really were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe, maybe Clemson had probably two more difficult opponents on their schedule, but, um, you know, it, at least Ohio state made things interesting with Michigan state for a while. Right. And, uh, there's, I think that there's probably just more overall talent on that team. I really don't know if Clemson can stop the run, and if they can't, then the game probably won't even be close. So,
0: yeah, yeah, Sammy gotta, Watkins for Clemson.
1: Yeah, he's he's talented. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he. I think what they need is they need him to make te- special teams plays. Um, that can completely
0: change a game. So, absolutely. So, do you think there are any Locks as we make the play, we say you know our oh, predictions. Okay. Any teams you really like heading into matchups? Any locks? Yeah, I think my lock is Alabama over Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. I I, I feel like I could probably
1: got to go with Baylor over UCF just because I really think it's if it was a team that's familiar with Baylor, then that's one thing. But UCF just I I don't really think that they'll have the talent defensively to to match up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams that don't see that fast paced off quite honestly, like I've seen Oregon play, and I've seen Baylor play Baylor goes much faster than Oregon, yeah, and that seems weird, but it's true, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to stop them because before you know it, they're running another play-
0: mm-hmm. now, as far as our five yard line story the n f l playoffs uh we have two weeks left in the season, and we won't be able to be here to cover. The last week of the season, our predictions. So we're going to look and we make the play. You know, Any surprise playoff teams that will be there, who makes a run, who's left out. We're predicting our playoff picture here. And as it stands right now, two games left in the season. In the NFC, you have Seattle at the top. Uh, they've you know pretty much clinched yeah. home field advantage, which is going to be big, 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 big for them. Uh, it's going to be really huge when it gets to the playoffs. New Orleans and Carolina are right now tied. The NFC South and this mm-hmm. huge game coming up at Carolina. Then one more game left, and that'll decide. Uh, looking at you know the second seed. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia is a game up on Dallas, uh, which is pretty big. Yeah, Chicago's in first place in the NFC North with Green Bay at a half game behind with that tie they have, and Detroit a full game back. But if Detroit ties Chicago, they have the tiebreaker. Over the Bears yeah that's pretty I mean they
1: they've had so many chances already that's Mm -hmm. the thing that like kind of disturbs me about it and it's it's weird because like a few like even a month back there were all these people saying like if they had to pick a team that they thought was you know not gonna make it but they seem like they're in position everybody was picking Detroit and I think it was because they're just looking at their schedule and
0: the way that it fell I could speak for a very long time about the Detroit Lions and how disappointing they have been. In 2011, when they made the playoffs for the first time in about 10-ish years, they started the season 5-0, and and they ended 9-7, and I believe. They snuck in the playoffs. They got blown out by New Orleans. That was when Ndamukong Sue was suspended for a game, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just was a blowout of a game. They have not won a playoff game since I think it's 1951 or so. It's been a very, very, very long time since they've won a playoff game. So, the peril of the Detroit Lions, everybody. They were six and three this season. They've lost four of their last five. They're seven and seven. Uh, it's certainly possible that they could back their way into the playoffs again and win their first division since 1993. Uh, you have to win the last two games, home against the New York Giants, which they lose the Giants at home. Uh, Fire everybody. You don't yeah, you don't, you don't want them in the everybody. playoffs if that happens. I mean, the way they lost on Monday Night Football, that's looking to be a backbreaker as far as possibly making the playoffs. But So it's home against the New York Giants and then away in Minnesota. Minnesota, not a good team, but they're starting to find some rhythm and Detroit hasn't been really good. Minnesota so I think they might possibly lose there the way they've Mm -hmm. been playing. They have the talent they beat themselves on turnovers they make stupid plays let me tell you when we'll even do a really quick replay on the games and all that from last week but Baltimore at Detroit with Monday Night Football and it's a very big game probably one of the biggest played at Ford Field for Detroit's home the city was really psyched up about it it was a big blue out for, you know, the Honolulu blue and silver for the colors that the Detroit Lions wear. I've been falling asleep really early. So I, I catch, you know, the first quarter and a half or so. I fall asleep with the TV on. It's, it's been a, it a pretty close game. So I'm like, oh, all right, we'll see what happens. What happens? And I, I happen to fall asleep. I wake up around midnight or one o'clock. TV's still on. It's on Sports Center because game's on ESPN, Monday Night Football, etc. And I hear... Baltimore Ravens didn't score a touchdown, but they still won the game. I think, God damn it, Detroit. Only you can do that. Only you can give up six field goals and a you know last minute sixty one yard field goal in the most important game that this team has played in a long time. I, I mean it's also it's also gonna kind of sad on the other side of the playoff
1: picture on the afc because i honestly think the dolphins are better than the ravens yeah and to make that whole thing more interesting especially as a team that i think can handle new england early Mm. the dolphins show that they can do that yeah and i honestly you know i know the ravens play them this week but I don't think the Ravens can beat the Patriots oh, when it so. matters. Maybe now, but I, when it's the play, you know, in the playoffs, I don't think it they can. And I think maybe the Dolphins can. So I was, you know, clearly rooting for Detroit in that one. Mm. Uh, and I, I I didn't watch the game either. When I heard it, I was just like, well, oh my gosh,
0: like <laughs> you
1: can't. That's just not right."
0: Yeah. Well, in the NFC, you got to like those wild cards, uh, Carolina and San Francisco. I think the only reason San Francisco hasn't locked it up is because of how good Arizona is. Arizona is a game back. I don't necessarily see them slipping into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, San Francisco is, is too good of a team. Uh, but those are some very strong wild card teams. So as far as predictions, I still think New Orleans takes the two and we'll see when we get to the, the breakdown there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia, I like them in the three and I'll take. Oh gosh, it's tough <laughs> because Chicago plays Philadelphia this week. Yeah, that's a really mm-hmm. big game. If mm-hmm. Chicago and and I'm sorry, if Chicago and Green Bay lose one of their last two games, and Detroit wins their last two, Detroit gets in. Yeah, they do. So it's tough. The only thing I think that won't happen is I think Detroit blows a game. Somehow. I think they blow the Minnesota game. So I think I think Chicago
1: is, is the uh, not there. Yeah, I think that's it's probably more based on what what's going on with Minnesota's health and everything. Mm-hmm. And I I think they said that Adrian Peterson was
0: uh, he'll probably he'll or... be back in yeah. time. I mean Peterson and Gerhardt were out last week and they still blew out the Eagles, which was impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think you know that those those slate of teams you know some order might mix around, but I think those will stay the same with Seattle, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Chicago, Carolina, and San Francisco. In uh, the AFC, you do have Denver right now who's holding on to the number one seed. Uh, yeah. New England could have taken that from them, but they did lose to Miami. New England game back, but they do have the tiebreaker over. Uh the Broncos mm-hmm. Cincinnati in the three, but it haven't locked it up because of Baltimore still being a game back with two to play. Indianapolis is locked up the south. Kansas City has certainly locked up a wild card because of their eleven and three record. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's Baltimore and Miami right now tied, but Baltimore gets the tiebreaker for the sixth spot. San Diego's a game back. And then after that, you know, Pittsburgh and the Jets, uh they're I think they're not mathematically eliminated, but after this week probably will. Yeah,
1: be. when you have to use mathematically, it's kind of tough.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, let me see what the Ravens' last two games are. It's you know, They do play at New England. Uh, it's not going to... Is it at New England? No, it's in Baltimore. No,
1: it's in Baltimore.
0: So that's going to... I don't think that still helps them, though. I don't really it's, think that there's home advantage there. Yeah. And at Cincinnati, their last game. So I think, you know, Miami, I mean, looking at their last couple the, games,
1: much easier, I think, than than what Goodness the Ravens at,
0: have. at Buffalo and home against the Jets. I yeah. like Miami.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I just, I, I, the Ravens could very well drop both those games, and nobody would be surprised mm-hmm. because they're playing better teams. Um, I so, think they, I think they've snuck by a lot of these games yeah I, re- I mean the past two weeks the ravens probably shouldn't have won either game
0: they've been gutsy though uh you gotta give it to a team that can you know, win the close games though you know we both had houston winning the afc south as opposed to indianapolis mm-hmm. in the year but I, my preseason picks were the chiefs and the ravens so part of me still has a hold out hope <laughs> to that just be like yeah i i did it <laughs> but realistically i think miami <laughs> yeah i did spot. it and then they get blown out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you know you gotta take what you can in, in this uh this difficult year of making predictions but i think realistically i think miami gets that sixth spot over baltimore yeah,
1: I, I think that's a good pick i like i i i honestly you know regardless of that game being at home especially considering the patriots just lost Right. I think that they're, you know, they know that there's still something big on the line for them. You know, they they wanna take that you know, they wanna take that number one seed. hmm And I, I think that they'll try and get it. Um and then, you know, the Bengals wanna lock everything up completely. Mm-hmm. And they're very familiar with the Ravens.
0: Yep. So uh Keep an eye out, though, for Denver and Peyton Manning. Uh, Three touchdowns shy of tying Tom Brady's single-season touchdown mark. And I think if he averages about 330 or so yards passing in the last two games, he gets a Drew Brees single-season passing mark. That
1: that will be interesting to see if they win and the Patriots lose. mm -hmm. Then what do they do?
0: Do they play him? Do they rest him? It is going to be interesting for sure. Uh, we're already about an hour into the show, which is a rather lengthy episode, we did cover a lot of the College Bowls, so understandable. But a quick replay here. We did talk about New England at Miami. It was a plus two game, two mm-hmm. points in favor of the, the Patriots, and that was a, a last drive going down the field for Tom Brady, and you had to think you liked his chances, but you know, a drop by Julian Edelman in the yeah. end zone, put him right on his hands, uh, and that interception in the end zone. I mean, good for the Dolphins, keeping their season alive, but... That was a game that you're looking at, you know, Tom Brady probably pulling off another comeback in his career, and that just didn't happen. Yep. 24-20 to 20 for the Dolphins there. Chicago at Cleveland, minus 7 for the Browns. I don't know how that happened, but Chicago, starting Jake Cutler, a little rusty, knocks off the rust. They win by a touchdown, and the Bears keep their, uh, get their place atop the AFC North.
1: Yep. It's funny how it always ends up happening like that.
0: New York Jets at Carolina Panthers, minus 11. Panthers win by 10. So the Jets, if you're picking against the spread, technically get the win there. <laughs> you gotta hate when that happens. Green Bay at Dallas. Cowboys rear by seven, and it sure looked it when they're up 26-3 to three at halftime.
1: Uh,
0: Green Bay storms back. Tony Romo <laughs> does his December choke job, throws two interceptions on the last two drives. Green Bay scores five touchdowns on their last five drives, and Packers win thirty-seven. When they were still like,
1: when the the was it the um, Cowboys were still up by like double digits, I was like, they're going to lose this game. Yeah, it's been the trend. That's the (sighs) Tony Romo special. I can hear the cheers all the way from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh Steelers get a big win against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Pittsburgh wins 30-20, keeps their season alive, but... Uh, they, I mean, it wasn't even close at first, and yeah, they made it interesting. <laughs> they need some big, big help. They're in Lambda yeah. this week. Aaron Rodgers not playing, big help. I think the Steelers can take that one.
1: Yeah, they just had too many really big injuries earlier in the year when they finally got, like, everybody healthy, and I believe they they're, lost, like, a few, like, really close games It just kind of, I mean, honestly, on, Really losing that game to the the Ravens a, a little while back, and then the game to Miami the week after like was a little just too much, I think.
0: And that insane Monday Night Football game, Baltimore Detroit Lions favored by six. Matt Stafford not playing well. Kevin Calvin, Calvin Johnson inexplicable drops. Yeah, uh, people are wanting Jim Schwartz's head at the end of the year. I mean, it's he's in his fifth season with the team, and if you blow the division lead they had in a year where Jay Cutler was injured for a significant amount of time, where Aaron Rodgers was injured for a significant yeah, amount of time. You're not you can't gonna. win the division. You had a chokehold on it. Inexcusable. Uh, also inexcusable is we both went one and five on the week. <laughs> how that happened, can't tell you, but uh, Detlef Shrimp, uh, Joe Bush, is in the lead right now with 30 and 24 mm-hmm. for NFL picks. We're going to make our last... Uh, you know, podcast picks. We'll still make picks for Week 17 mm-hmm. on our forums at showmeyournews.com slash forums, so definitely check there when we do post the thread for our Week 17 predictions. But as far as Week 16, we get into the pick six. It starts with mm-hmm. Indianapolis at Kansas City minus seven. And I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that team is starting to really put their offense together. Jamal Charles, watch out for uh, making, oh a <laughs> making a run. Oh my gosh. Making a run. Five touchdowns <laughs> oh. last week. Fantasy football just blowing up i don't think you can trust indianapolis on the road Uh, they do play well at home but kansas city in arrowhead seven points i think you can take that with the way their offense has been playing at 1pm yeah
1: jamal jamal charles wants that record oh yeah Uh, definitely i just keep feeding him he's he's really unstoppable right now and he's he's doing it you know in ways people didn't really think he could i think uh just he's he's
0: such a like great dual threat running back um though watch out for the chiefs both denver and kansas city are 11 and 3 you know denver does have the the tiebreaker 2 and 0 against the chiefs but if the broncos somehow slip and the chiefs keep winning yeah i mean they still have a chance and they're so they're gonna keep playing for it they're they're not gonna rest they're gonna definitely keep feeding and and the colts just looked awful Mm -hmm. recently so so you're taking kansas city yeah, I'm going Kansas City. I don't know, the hiccups. That's unfortunate right now. Oh. <laughs> uh New Orleans, at Carolina, big, big, big NFC South matchup. Uh Panthers are favored by three points. I'm gonna take the Saints. And I know they played terribly on the road in St. Louis, but that team has had a history of having the Saints' number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Saints did play well against Carolina earlier in the year. Carolina should have the advantage at home. But I think something tells me that you know the Saints are going to want to bounce back. They need their home field advantage, need 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 it in the playoffs. And so I think they're going to take you know everyone they can get. I've got a feeling about the Saints in this one.
1: Yeah, Saint Louis was like doing everything. pulling out all this. They like mm-hmm. onside kicked it. And yeah, they're just running up the score on. I them. just got um, out of hand early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think that it. I think it will be a close game. I think it will definitely be a lot closer than the last time they played um it'll resemble more of a playoff game <laughs> oh absolutely um but uh and you know i just don't unfortunately for the panthers i just don't think that you know it's it's gonna be a game that'll happen again there <laughs> mm-hmm. i think that they'll uh lose this game and you know kind of lock
0: things up for the same setting in the playoffs yeah it's just kind. i don't even know if they have the experience you know, the, for those kind of big games and mm-hmm. big stage situations. It'll be interesting to watch for sure, though. I think next year they could be even better. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Give them another year to fine-tune that defense and offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Arizona at Seattle in, in a really big NFC West matchup. What do you have in this one? Uh, minus 10.5 in favor of the Seahawks.
1: Um... I think I actually will go with Seattle. I think that they could, I think they'll be able to cover that. And it's just mainly because they're at home. <laughs> I think, you know, they can, they can win games 10 nothing if they have to. But I think, you know, at home, they're at least worth like a touchdown to 10 points more a game. Uh, they just, that place is probably right now the hardest place to go to and play. And, uh, I I think that, you know, the Cardinals are obviously hopeful. They they need to win the game, but I don't know. I just think Seattle's going to get in that mode, especially after, you know, the way that Seattle played at um, San Francisco a while back. I think ever since then, they, you know, they they want to kind of just lock things up, be playing well heading into
0: the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Ten and a half is a lot, but give me the Seahawks at home. That advantage is, seems like nothing else in the NFL. Um, and Arizona, you know, they do need a win to kind of stay in that hunt. But mm-hmm. this would be a tough loss against Seattle. And I think with that point spread, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle as well. Yeah. New England at Baltimore, we did kind of already talk about this one. Baltimore is favored by two and a half because home field does play such a big advantage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at 425 p.m. Eastern time. I, I imagine you're taking New England.
1: Um, yeah, I think I'm going to take New England mainly because they, you know, they want to try and get that one seed, and they could have done it last week, but because they didn't do it last week, they're more, you know, they're more urgent to win this week. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, the Ravens are they need a win too, but I just I don't know if you can't make mistakes against Tom Brady. I mean, like that's the thing; he'll he'll find ways to break you down and stuff. And I think that that's exactly this defense that has been like showing signs of being all right compared to how they start off the year. I think Tom Brady will just exploit them to death. And uh, I I think that, you know, he'll throw for his 300 yards and they'll have a comfortable win.
0: I agree. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much everything you said there, I'll take the Patriots as well. Baltimore's luck is, has got to run out sometime and it did take a lot of luck to have a 60 I mean, yeah, goal sneak they had
1: there. a lot of luck last year I think in the playoffs too but I, I just don't know if
0: I don't really think this is the same kind of team as mm-hmm. last year Sunday Night Football on NBC is the Chicago Bears going to the Philadelphia Eagles no immense amount of snow planned like a couple of weeks ago happened as far as I know uh, Philadelphia favored by three, and I'll take the Eagles. Uh, they got to bounce back, you know, after that loss against Minnesota, and they're back at home. Um, yeah, I think Chicago might show some signs of weakness on the road. It's a completely different team with Philadelphia compared to Cleveland. So, I think Philadelphia gets the job done, and you know, Chicago's loss a, it would be a big one in the playoff picture but i think it means that you detroit slips up near the end and chicago eventually gets in the playoffs as well with a, a win last game of the season against green bay
1: yeah i don't think that i don't think they can play defensively like they did against the browns i mean that's kind of crazy they gave up that many points um i i think the eagles will you know throw the ball over <laughs> really um you know coming back home i think this is kind of Philadelphia's chance to, you know, completely pull away
0: from the rest of those teams that are trying to get a spot. And finally, Monday Night Football, Atlanta at San Francisco, minus 13. Who do you have in this one?
1: Well, Atlanta is just not good this year. Um, And, you know, it's at San Francisco – they, you know, probably, you know, one of the better, what we say, wild card teams. Um, they just happen to be in a division with the Seahawks. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think I really do like how San Francisco is playing. Um, you know, a lot of people, there was a point in the season where we were like, are, are they going to make the playoffs? We don't even know. But they, they really turned things around and uh that they just they can lean on that defense if they need to. I mean, when they're at home, I think they'll, you know, play better obviously and just Atlanta really just very few games this year they even showed life at all. Um I mean that that's really why the spread's so big and I'm I don't really don't have a problem with it. It's only two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, this is the thing about picking against the spread. I think San Francisco is going to win the game. I think Mm -hmm. they're going to win the game handily, say by about 10 points. I think this hasn't really been a team that blows out Mm -hmm. other teams. So 13 is a lot in the NFL. And I'm going to go with my gut and say that Atlanta, they have not had a good season. But I think they keep it within two touchdowns. And San Francisco wins... Yeah, yeah and they they win handily.
1: This is definitely a game where like a maybe a special team score or defensive score could completely change. Yeah, the the concept of you know how we're picking the spread and everything.
0: So. Absolutely. So I'll take the Falcons as far as picking against the spread, though. So mm-hmm. only one game we have a difference on, and it's that one. Uh, even though we do pick our games, you know, before even discussing with each other, and so it just happens mm-hmm. to to fall that way. Um, you know, we hope you get to pick your NFL games for this and next week to wrap up the season. Uh, and it's it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, we have our holiday festivities and whatnot, so we really hope you enjoy the time off if you get the time off wherever you are. Enjoy it with family. Yeah. Enjoy your football and other sports. And if you yeah.
1: don't get to see your family, call them up. Oh,
0: definitely. Let them know you miss them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even if you like basketball, yeah, basketball on Christmas Day, they, they're trying to make that a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, heck, why don't you go to a game?
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: I can't believe it. Hey, they have Christmas movies. Now they have Christmas basketball games.
0: I'll tell you, a big thing around here locally in Detroit the Winter Classic. Hey, the NHL. Michigan Stadium, a the big fun. house is all decked out with the ice and the rink and everything. It's going to be a Big crowd there gotta be almost hundred ten thousand you know filling that stadium that's gonna be really something uh and you know coworkers are playing they're using Comerica park another rink there for uh-huh. you know just local games and the Great Lakes Invitational for college hockey and yeah you know, I got a coworker who's uh they you know paid some money to get to be in a united way charity game you know tonight so that's actually already started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a lot of stuff for hockey going around locally. Is you know the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs will be doing the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. And that'll be fun to watch.
1: There's never a shortage of sports this time of the year. You mm-hmm.
0: know? And sports stories may be yeah. a little weak, but you know as yeah. far as the action, it's it's certainly something. So with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.